Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about chopsticks. Yes. It's been a minute since we've done a utensil. It has been. It has been. Yes. I will say this one was inspired by um, me finding an article on HowStuffWorks.com about chopsticks and turning it into a episode of Brain Stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, we haven't done chopsticks yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um Always curious where your your inspiration comes from. Oh, me too. Because you never can tell, you know. Sometimes <laughs> something just catches your attention, and you're like, "Oh yes, we must talk about Definitely. that." Definitely. By saying you, I mean I'd both be, of us. <laughs> sure, of course, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, I will say I have a lot of chopstick memories. Um, I love using them now. I uh-huh. I love it. Um. But I was so bad with them when I first went to China. And just in general, like, you know this, Lauren, I think. I, I have, like, a shaky countenance. I'm just a shaky person. And it actually runs in my family. Um, huh. So it's just hard with chopsticks where I would just shake. Sure. Um, 
It's that precision that you need. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's precision. And so when I went to China, which I was there for about eight months. Um, and that was in college, right? Yes, I was uh-huh. in college. And I was not good at them at this point. And I had learned some Mandarin, and I'd been studying it. But I was foolishly, I had been told, but also foolishly anticipated there'd be pinyin everywhere, which oh. there was not. Oh. Not anywhere. And also just the way the language works is it, even if to my untrained ear, it sounds like I am saying the same thing with the tones. Yeah, the inflections and the, <laughs> right, right. 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 So I I go to China and I'm struggling <laughs> with chapsticks. And I remember on one more than one occasion, I was given like gloves um to reach into shared pots for food oh. by like the restauranteers. <laughs> um I was given rubber oh. banded chopsticks. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And once a very kind, worried group of ladies that I was some, in some way affiliated with. I just didn't know them very well. But. They weren't total strangers. They were. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, after witnessing my terrible chopstick skills, they took me to an American-style bakery <laughs> and got me a lot of cake that I could eat with my hands. <laughs> Which was very sweet of them. Oh, that's very sweet, yes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. (laughs) And then one time, I was at one of those tables where it, you know, rotates. Uh Um, So I had that added challenge. Oh. And then the chopsticks. And so I resorted to stabbing something with my chopsticks like like you would a fish with a spear or something. No. Oh, that's that's one of the things you're not supposed to do. I know. But the man next to me... Uh, he laughed because I was very sorry about the whole thing, but I was just so desperate. And yeah. he said something like, however you can get the food into your mouth is the right way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget, like, the first week I was living by myself. And, yeah, there was, everything was written in, in Mandarin and there was no opinion. And I was trying to eat a cup of noodles with a toothbrush and a comb as my chopsticks because I did not know how to ask for chopsticks in a way where I was understood. <laughs> oh, oh, uh. Yes. But uh, that being said, nothing like this experience to learn quickly. And I did. Yeah. And yeah, sure. I feel like I'm pretty good with them. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I usually I I usually feel pretty confident with a pair of chopsticks. Um I uh and there are certain foods that I'm just like, this is so much easier with chopsticks than it is with any other. Like, like, mm-hmm. like, why do we eat any kind of pasta with not chopsticks? It, <laughs> it really only makes sense to me. I'm just like, well, but then you just grab the noodles and then they're easy to, I don't know. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't think, gosh, I feel like, I feel like I didn't learn to use them until high school. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like I lied to my dining partner the first time that it was like the only option. I was like at a sushi place for the first time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know about sushi and I know how to use chopsticks. And I felt like really like cool and grown up and I was not. And um, Mm -hmm. it was probably very funny. (laughs) So, (laughs) right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But. (laughs) But that's but that's fine. They're learning curves, learning curves for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> one of my best friends in high school was from Taiwan, and her family owned a Chinese restaurant. And I would go there pretty frequently, and I was determined to learn how to use the chopsticks. And there was nothing like the burning embarrassment of, you know, a meal. You try, you're hoping no one's noticing that you're struggling so much. And then eventually these chopsticks with the rubber band end appear yeah. at your side and oh. the instructions. And you're like, done it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is the thing, though. Like, I mean, like people just want you to eat. They want you to enjoy the mm-hmm. food. They, right. I mean, you know, no one wants you to be struggling. That... Right. Well, most people don't. Well, but- <laughs> Um, I've also, uh, heard a lot of superstitions around chopsticks and I read about some for this, but would love to hear from anyone, um, from these places that use chopsticks more regularly or might have these superstitions. I know we've touched on some of them in past episodes before, um, but always love to hear from people that are on the ground. Oh, yes. As they say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, when I... When I think of chopsticks, the thing that I think of now is um, a super producer, Dylan, eating Cheetos Mm -hmm. because this is a thing I discovered when, you know, back when we were in the office um, and uh, Dylan, Dylan's desk got moved to, to staring mine right in the face, as is so good (laughs) with open office concepts where you're just, you know, like three feet away from someone and just looking at them all day. Dylan is a delightful human to look at. Um, that's, you know, it's, I, I, I felt yeah. bad because I feel like a weird goblin all the time. And I was like, oh, do not witness me. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I discovered through this process of, you know, staring him in the face all day uh, that he loves Cheetos. He loves yes. hot Cheetos. Oh, yeah. And he only eats them with chopsticks so that he mm-hmm. keeps himself neat and clean. Yes. And this is so genius <laughs> <laughs> that we even have a shirt. We do. Oh, yes. Gosh. Cheeto yes. genius. Cheeto yeah, genius. I, I gave him some uh, engraved chopsticks for his birthday a couple years back, <laughs> yeah. which was just recently. If you want to wish him a happy birthday. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I'd never seen it. I'd never seen that before either. And I was immediately like, of course. <laughs> Right? Just makes sense. It does. Um, You can also see our episodes on Sporks and Forks. Um, And I guess rice, ramen, and pho, we kind of talk about uh, chopsticks a little bit in those episodes. Um, So you're always welcome to check those out if you have not heard them already. Uh Uh-huh. But in the meantime, I guess that brings us to our question. Chopsticks. What are they? Well, uh, chopsticks are a type of eating and cooking utensil. Uh, They're a pair of usually identical or semi-identical slender sticks. Um, Each one like a half-ish or maybe less than half of the width of a human finger. Anywhere from about 6 to 12 inches long, that's about 15 to 30 centimeters, typically held in one hand um, between the thumb and the first couple fingers and used to manipulate food. They can be made of metal, plastic, wood, ceramic, stone. I mean, anything stiff enough to to, to, to grip, really. Different materials lend themselves to different uses. Um, If you're going to be interacting with food that is in the process of cooking, say um, on a tabletop grill, um, stainless steel chopsticks, you know, like won't 
melt or catch on fire. <laughs> convenient. And will also yes. stay cool enough in your hands that you won't burn yourself further convenience. Um, coated wood and plastic are popular for personal reusable table chopsticks. Disposable chopsticks are a strange category um, and kind of separate. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, these are given out at restaurants or with takeaway and are, are meant to be used once and then thrown away and are typically made of lightweight wood, um, bamboo, birch, cottonwood, increasingly aspen. And on the other end of the spectrum, chopsticks can get heckin' fancy. Um, and especially historically, they have, um, with all kinds of, of methods of carving and lacquering, um, materials like ivory, silver, gold? Gold? Gold is so wow. soft. Why would you use anyway? I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> jade, coral, tortoiseshell, all kinds of inlays like enamel or mother of pearl or shark skin. <laughs> I almost brought... These lightsabers that looked like <laughs> lightsabers, <laughs> lightsabers that looked lightsabers, chopsticks uh -huh. that looked like lightsabers, uh -huh. and uh -huh. they lit up and everything. And I was like, "Do I need this? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Do I want it? Yes." Oh, back when the prequels came out, um, my uh, a friend of mine sent me a, a spoon, the a little Ooh. plastic spoon that had the 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 the, the spoon part was clear and had a little LED in the base in the handle that made it light <laughs> up like a little lightsaber. I think it was from like a cereal box or something like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That would not surprise me. Uh, it was pretty cool though. Yeah. I think I broke it. I think I broke it immediately. But <laughs> Yeah. That sounds right as well. <laughs> I was like, oh, this can get wet, right? No. No. Nope. <laughs> Um, chopsticks, yes. Uh, the, the, the length and shape of the sticks in question will vary based on a personal preference and the types of cooking and eating that you're doing. A shared dishes at a family-style table may involve uh, serving chopsticks that are longer and, uh, and don't have much of a taper to them um, for better balance and reach. Chopsticks that you would use to eat an individual plate of food, uh, especially individual plates of food that are served in um, larger-than-bite-sized pieces might be th those chopsticks might be shorter and come to like a a fairly fine tapered point at the tips not like sharp but tapered uh so that you can pinch off bite-sized pieces of the food or maybe like pick bones out of a piece of fish something like that and there are also more specialized chopstick shapes for different situations um there are chopsticks not even with a rubber band but but that are naturally joined at the handle with a spring for people who are first learning to use them or or chopsticks that are curved to be more easily grippable if uh, that's a thing that would be useful to you chopsticks that fold for travel use or that have like a tiny fork or a dull knife or a spoon on the handle ends so that they're multi-purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. I read about chopsticks that you can put sauce into. What? I still don't understand how this works. Like you unscrew the chopstick and you pour sauce into the oh. into the tapered end. Uh-huh. And somehow it spills sauce onto your food as you I I'm not sure. Wow. Technologically it, advanced. I don't know. <laughs> sauce I distribution. No. Uh, etiquette. As far mm -hmm. as I can tell, um, how you hold chopsticks in your hand doesn't really matter the way that it would with a, with a fork. But, uh, yeah, everyone just kind of uses a grip that works best for them. Uh, let me know if I'm steering folks wrong. If this is a thing 
uh, in your family or in your area or that you've heard of, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as with any dining situation, there are different rules of etiquette that are going to vary from place to place, even table to table. Uh, very basically, <laughs> uh, I would say, <laughs> I would say that you should avoid stabbing food with your chopsticks, uh, if you can. Another social faux pas I have made. <laughs> Keep racking them up on this show. <laughs> I would, I would say that generally the the like like using your hands is preferable to 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 doing a stabby stab. Um, mm-hmm. Except when you're dealing with shared dishes. So I don't know. I mean, it it you know always always go with what people are telling you to do around you. Like that's that is the best <laughs> rule of etiquette. Watch and learn ask if you can. Um, but also, uh, yeah, avoid sticking chopsticks into things or at odd angles and like leaving them there. Like if you're, if you're gonna, um, put chopsticks down, rest them on top of your dish or on a, on a dedicated holder parallel to the table, um, is the preferred position. Because when you stick chopsticks or, or other sticks into a bowl, um, it's reminiscent of funerary practices in a lot of areas. So Mm -hmm. that's, weird for a dining table situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes, chopsticks are also used in religious practices. Um, and in some cultures are important gifts around weddings and births, stuff like that. Yes. Um, well, how about the nutrition? You know, I didn't look into edible chopsticks. I'm sure these exist. Oh, I bet they do. I'm sure they exist. Oh, um, listeners, you got to <laughs> let us know. <laughs> uh, but generally, don't eat your eating utensils. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that there has been some research into, into um, how the use of chopsticks encourages um, smaller, more mindful bites mm-hmm. in many situations. Mm-hmm. And that that can lead to um, to slower chewing and to uh, to better digestion. Mm-hmm. So that's nutrition related. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I was reading about that, and this is totally anecdotal experience. So it is not a <laughs> even a generalization. Make, but it reminded me of when I was in college, and my roommates, um, one of them he was from Korea and he challenged my other roommate Trevor who's from Georgia um Uh uh to like who could eat a bowl of ramen the quickest (laughs) and Sean was gonna do it with the chopsticks and Trevor was gonna do it with the fork and Sean blew him out of the water oh sure not even close but that kind of goes back to like what you were saying about certain foods just seem like oh yeah better with chopsticks Um, but it was no competition. It was and I, <laughs> blowout. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the specific uh, the specific study that I was looking at that that had found this was about eating rice, and it was about uh, chopsticks mm-hmm. versus a spoon versus um, using using your hands. Huh. And 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 of those three, the chopsticks were like, well, oh, slow down a little bit, right. Although, yeah, no, I mean, I have certainly <laughs> inhaled food using chopsticks. Yes. So. It's just nonstop. Like, 
<laughs> like a character in an in an in an anime, yeah, just like just yeah. like Naruto, just like gone. And then yeah. you're like, how, how did that happen? There's none left. Yeah. <laughs> More noodles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, we do have some numbers for you. Over 1.5 billion people use chopsticks daily. China is the number one producer of disposable chopsticks. However, in 2011, a small factory in Georgia, the country, was producing 10 million sets a week for export. But that business is now closed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ch- China, in the in the early 20-teens, China was producing, depending on who you ask, some 57 to 80 billion pairs of disposable wooden chopsticks every year. Wow. As of 2017, the largest Chinese food delivery company um, in, in, in that country, uh, responsible for like 46% of the food delivery market share, was going through um, some 20 million pairs a day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, disposable chopsticks are a huge business, uh, just massive. Um, as of 2020, the industry was estimated to be worth um, $23.3 billion a year and was projected to not quite double, but hit $45.3 billion by 2027. With, <laughs> with the largest percentage of growth in China, but the U.S., Canada, and Germany not very far behind. Apparently, there's a chopstick museum in Japan, in Obama, um, in the uh, Wakasa area, where this specific type of uh, layered wooden shell and lacquer process was developed circa, like, the early 1800s. They have some 3,000 pairs in their collection and run classes that let you create your own pair um, because you, uh, you, 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 like, whittle or, or sharpen uh, down into the layers to to reveal them to make patterns. It's pretty cool. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can do it during COVID, but um, right. but yeah. Um, there's another museum in Shanghai that was founded in 1988 and includes over uh 1,200 pairs in their collection, with some 800 on display at any given time. Oh, I would love visiting both of those places. Yes, chopsticks can be really, really beautiful. Oh for- yeah. I, mm-hmm. man, I, I love, I love functional art. Yeah. Yes. I do as well. That's definitely been the inspiration behind a lot of our episodes. Like the things like the celery dish or just yeah. Ooh, items yeah. that we don't really see anymore or not in that like super fancy presentation perhaps. Although it does still exist, but just fascinating to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes, and the history of chopsticks has long been quite fascinating. It has been, and we are going to get into that. Yes, but first we're going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) 
Westholm offers these beautifully marbled stakes because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's DimeBeautyCO.com, code GETDIME for 20% off. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I feel like we say this every time, <laughs> uh-huh. and it's true every time. Uh huh. But the origin of this one can vary vastly, particularly when it comes to how people define chopsticks or even just particular regions that sure. you're looking into. Um, according to popular retellings, chopsticks may have come out of the distaste Confucius had for the knife, which we'll get more into in a second. But maybe they didn't come from that, but it certainly were popularized. Okay, yeah, yeah, but, but but that was that was a while in the timeline after uh, archaeologists right. have found 
what they think are chopsticks? Yes. Confusingly enough, because everyone's like, Confucius. I think because it's such a catchy, oh. like, ooh, Confucius invented the chopstick. And then you're like, wait, what? But um, like 5,000 years after, yeah. Right, exactly. So the California Academy of Sciences, home of the Wright's Collection of Food Technology, which also sounds really cool, mm-hmm. posits that people were using chopsticks in the form of twigs to stab food out of pots as far back as 5,000 years ago. Archaeologists have found bones that may have served as chopstick prototypes at Neolithic sites in China. The researchers speculate that chopsticks may have primarily been used as cooking utensils. Um, kind of particularly, yeah, when you're talking about, like, hot food. Mm-hmm. Stirring that around, stabbing at it, whatever it is. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, um, I think general consensus is that they were cooking utensils before they were table utensils. And uh, these particular ones, um, the, the the bone ones that you were just talking about, could be as old as like 7,000 years ago. And at first, researchers thought they might have been hair accessories, but based on um, their placement, like ritualistic placement near the hands, they were thinking instead that they might be uh, hand-related accessories. So. <laughs> hand-related Weird. accessories. <laughs> We are normal humans and not robots you, yeah. on the show. <laughs> I know how to language so good. <laughs> uh, sometime around 400 BC, cooks in Asia, and perhaps specifically China in this context, began cutting food up into smaller strips so that it would cook more quickly and save energy and also because resources were scarce. And this kind of made the knife a little obsolete, which was something Confucius really vibed with since he was all about nonviolence. Confucius once said, the honorable and upright man keeps well away from both the slaughterhouse and the kitchen, and he allows no knives on his table. Uh, yeah, and, and he was working right around 500 BCE, so, so right. A, a, lot of, a lot of sources report that by like, like 400 BCE or so, chopsticks were really starting to catch on. Yes. Um, However, on the other hand, other sources say the first chopsticks originated in China around 1766 to 1122 BCE and were bronze in the beginning. Again, they were less an eating utensil and more a cooking utensil. Yeah, and some researchers think that this is when they became more common um, in general rather than later on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, And folks have pointed out the lack of archaeological evidence could be because of how bamboo and wood decay. Sure, sure. It makes perfect sense that bronze (laughs) chopsticks stuck around a little bit longer. Um, Mm -hmm. There are post hoc accounts of um, the last king of the Shang dynasty in China, circa like 1100 BCE, using these extravagant ivory chopsticks, despite the fact that there there were no elephants in the area. So it would have been like a very extravagant thing to have. Um, yes. So, but <laughs> mystery's history. Mystery's history. Chopsticks were present in Japan, Korea, and Vietnam by 500 CE. In these early days in Japan, chopsticks were reserved for strictly ceremonial purposes. Um, and usually they were bamboo joined at the top, sort of like tweezers. Um Spoons may have actually been more commonly used in Japan during these times, these ancient times, with 
chopstick serving as sort of a, an assist device for vegetables and proteins in soups. Yeah, uh, chopsticks as eating utensils may have come to Japan a little bit later in like the six to 700s, um, uh, filtering through the aristocracy um, before they got to the common people, but but filtering fairly quickly, like within the course of like 100 years or so. So, mm-hmm. But for sure in Korea, uh, burial sites dated to the 500s have been found to include brass, silver, and gold chopsticks. Yeah. Yeah, um, and during China's early dynastic time, silver chopsticks may have been used out of this belief that the silver would turn to black if they came into contact with poison Ah. in the food, um, which we've discussed before. And as we've discussed before in previous episodes, while poisons like arsenic and cyanide won't change the color of silver, foods like garlic and onion will. So this led to a lot of, like, someone's trying to kill me, but really it might have just been— It was just— a food. It was that just did delicious. It. Yeah. <laughs> right. Someone right. was trying to make my food delicious. <laughs> right. How dare they? <laughs> According to Q. Edward Wong, author of Chopsticks, a Culture and Culinary History, the Chinese, Koreans, and the Vietnamese had adopted communal eating by the 12th century, which dictated the longer length of their chopsticks for reaching as opposed to shorter length chopsticks out of Japan, where bento boxes were more popular than communal eating. The types of foods commonly eaten in these countries as well might have had something to do with it, um, with these differences. That being said, those with wealth in all of these countries may have used shorter, flatter chopsticks as a signifier of that wealth. Oh, uh uh-huh. Right, communicating you could afford to eat out of your own bowl. You didn't have to share with anybody. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Chopsticks both came out of necessity for the less well-off and an indicator of wealth for the aristocrats, which is really interesting. It's a really interesting dichotomy. Yeah. Um, Other sources point out that until the 10th century, the spoon was the most used utensil in in these areas because millet or the like was the most eaten grain. Um, And it's a smaller grain more suited to the spoon. That started to change in China and Korea soon after that as wheat-based grains like noodles started to replace millet. Um, And wheat had been present previously. It had been available previously. But with advancements in cooking technology, it was edging out millet by the 10th century. This meant noodles and dumplings, among other things, um, were growing in popularity, which chopsticks were better suited for. Later, others, and mostly Westerners, or at least that's what I found, would Mm -hmm. argue that um, chopsticks complemented and influenced the size and type of food. So almost a chicken and an egg argument that chopsticks stuck around because people liked chopsticks and made food with chopsticks in mind as opposed to the other way around, that chopsticks were sort of based around the food and cooking techniques, which I thought was interesting. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. Yeah. The increased consumption of rice beginning in the 11th century in large swaths of Asia also led to an increase in the use of chopsticks. On top of that, a lot of the popular dishes that were being consumed were boiled and were eaten hot. Chopsticks were better for that for a lot of reasons than fingers. Mm -hmm. Nearby countries may have been culturally influenced by China and China's use of chopsticks, particularly in countries like Vietnam, where China was once an imperial power. In our more modern times, wars like the World Wars, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War had a not small influence on chopstick use and the perception of chopsticks. Western war propaganda painted them in a really gross light. Mm -hmm. Um, Other theories suggest that metal reusable chopsticks became more popular in Korea after rationing 
during the Korean War made them more necessary. Um, often they were made with recycled tin cans from the army. Huh. Um, in the late 90s, uh, research on the ergonomics of chopstick design saw a boost of interest, which is which is cool because um, because, yeah, these are objects that people are using every day, multiple times a day. And later research has indicated that the habitual use of chopsticks is a risk factor of osteoarthritis um, in the thumb later in life. Uh, so yeah, the ergonomics research showed that rounded handles and uh, groove tips are the easiest for people to use. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love how people have chopstick preferences. I have a friend in particular who's like, not these. They're too, what does she say, <laughs> slippy. Sli- oh, oh, I hate a slippy chopstick. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I will say that I that I love the ones that have the grooves around the tip, you know, like like just, just around like the last like inch or so of the chopstick. It's just got yeah. little rivets and circles. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, those too. Mm-hmm. So useful. Mm-hmm. And then around the same time, around the turn of the 21st century, um, the problem of disposable chopsticks began getting a lot of attention thanks to environmental activists and a bunch of artists. Like a whole bunch of artists got um, commissioned by organizations like Greenpeace to do these big old installations, like public installations made out of used disposable chopsticks to kind of show the scale of the issue. And it is a big issue. Um, And I mean, deforestation is a problem. Waste is a problem. Um, Note that this is not restricted to chopsticks. Um, uh, Other disposable utensils are issues as well. I'm not saying that like, oh man, the 98 plastic forks that I get a week with all of my silly (laughs) delivery are Mm -hmm. fine. But those chopsticks, that's not what I'm saying. And yeah, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of, there are so many interesting things being, being done. Um, Circa 2017, a Canadian startup called Chop Value began collecting uh, used disposable chopsticks from local restaurants and developed a process to sanitize them, form them together with a resin into the sturdy composite uh, sheet material, um, and then using it to make like art or shelves or furniture, you name it. As of early this month, uh, September 2021, they have recycled over 37 million chopsticks. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, up through 2015, in terms of disposable chopsticks, over half of what was manufactured was made of bamboo. Um, but then Aspen began really edging into the market. In 2018, um, after a, a hackathon focused on sustainability issues, a number of Chinese food delivery apps took on the simple measure of just requiring customers to opt in to receiving utensils with each order instead of their inclusion being the default, which I think should be on every delivery order all the time, always. Yeah. I have seen that. Um, my experience has been, though, I usually, even if I opt out, I still I get still it, get which them. I think is like yeah. habit. Um, yeah, sure, sure. But I'm hoping, like, yeah, as that becomes more common and as time goes on, it will be uh, more adhered to. Because, yeah, I'm the same. Like, I have tons of chopsticks. I have tons of utensils. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that there's a there's a few um, a, a few of the organizations around town that have been doing, um, uh, like, food drives and stuff like that. I've been 
I've just like taken them tubs of these little packages of <laughs> utensils and been like, can you give these away to humans? And they're like, sure. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, because they're not, a lot of mine aren't open. Like, yeah, I put, I put them away and get out my reusable ones. That right, I exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I was just checking for like any news about chopsticks. Uh, today as we were recording this and I found uh, an article describing a, you know, we love (laughs) a gadget. (laughs) Sure. Um, So in 2021, and I think August 2021, like recently, okay, there's a Japanese company called Beeful. They released gaming chopstick holders for quick access to chopsticks. (laughs) Um, So it's sort of like a chopsticks holder you attach to your controller and they were saying, like, it's great for quick, you get it quickly, and then you won't get anything on your finger, so you can go right back to Right back playing. to gaming. Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. This is not the first time we've talked about some kind of gaming food delivery gadget. Yeah. <laughs> or holder. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like this concept. Like, you've got your bowl of noodles, and you're playing your game. And just, just I don't know, like once every few, you know, like you, 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 you finish what you're doing real quick, and then you just take a bite of noodle, and then you can go right back, mm-hmm. go right back. Yeah, I mean, my fear is, I have a lot of fears. There's <laughs> a reason I'm not a professional gamer. I would spill the noodles on the controller oh, <laughs> in my <yeah>. haste. <laughs> oh yeah, I would drip sauce juice. everywhere. Yeah, it exactly. would be, it would be a whole thing. It would be. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh goodness. And 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 this is like like not our not our shortest episode, but I there there's so many little little avenues of research and I tried mm-hmm. to I tried to suss out the beginning of the like industry of disposable right. chopsticks and um a bunch of uncorroborated sources were like it was like 1877 or something like that, like something right mm-hmm. around that window. Um, in Japan, and I was like, "What? What? Give me a!" And they were like, "No, no further information <laughs> is available." I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, and then uh, another thing I was reading was like construction workers were using disposable wooden chopsticks in like the eight hundreds. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, "Well, that's a that's a question for another day, I suppose." Um, it's <laughs> true. It's true. I mean, there were so many, and and like we said, also just regionally, there was a right. lot of interesting kind of different stories and uh, the way people have used them and how they developed there and how they look um, in these different places. So, yeah, there was a lot of of paths we could go down that may or may not have had, like, resources (laughs) for that we could find. Uh, So, as always, listeners, if you know of something we missed... Please let us know. Yeah. Yes. Always, always, always. Um, and we do have some listener mail from folks who have already written in. Probably not about chopsticks. Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> but <laughs> it's still still exciting that we get to read it nonetheless. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we will get into that after one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people 
And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holmes sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) West Holmes offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's DimeBeautyCO.com, code GETDIME for 20% off. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener. Hmm. This whole time I've been craving just like a nice bowl of rice uh-huh. and soy sauce and wasabi 
and chopsticks. Oh. And that's all. I, that's what I want. I had some leftover mapao tofu for lunch, as I was just telling you during the break that we took during that commercial <laughs> break, which yes. we do sometimes. Um, uh-huh. But listeners, I was having some leftover mapao tofu, um, and A, it was very good, but B, in my haste to to get my lunch and bring it back to my desk, I grabbed a fork <laughs> and then was sitting here going like, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity. <laughs> like, can I eat coleslaw with chopsticks? I think oh, I yes. Can. Yes. <laughs> that would be a terrific. It depends on the type of coleslaw. It depends on the type of coleslaw. But now I just it's, want more mapal tofu with chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That also sounds delicious. Gosh, right? Mm. Bean mm. sauce. Bean sauce. Anyway. <laughs> delicious. Um, Claudia wrote, I just listened to the Dippin' Dots episode and it reminded me of being a TA during college. I got a degree in material science engineering, which is quite literally the study of things. During my senior year, I was a TA (laughs) for an intro to solid state chemistry class. And throughout the year, we'd use liquid nitrogen for certain experiments. However, once the semester ended, the liquid nitrogen was disposed of. In order to not let it go to waste and to have some fun, the last day of lab was always dedicated to liquid nitrogen fun day. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> We'd ask our students to bring in anything they wanted to throw in a bowl of liquid nitrogen to see what happened. We had the usual suspects, throwing in a rubber ball or flower and watching it shatter when it was dropped. Although those are classics, the best part of the class was always making our own makeshift dipping Dots. We'd let some ice cream get melty and then carefully let it drop into the liquid nitrogen bowl. It didn't come out nearly as beautiful and spherical as the real stuff, but it was tasty nonetheless. Thanks for bringing back such a good memory, and thanks for making the show what it is. Aw, that sounds so fun. Yes. And of course, I'm immediately like, what would I have thrown in there? (laughs) I'm like looking around at like everything in my life going like, oh yeah, I'd put that in a bowl of liquid nitrogen today. Yes, and then drop it and watch it shatter. Yes. I just go through all of my belongings and then own nothing. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way that you get me and Annie to be minimalists. We're just like, well, (laughs) can I make it shatter? Yes. (laughs) Then I will get rid of it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, Michelle wrote... I've loved your podcast from the very first episode. Oh, thank you. Um, I adopted a baby recently, so lately you've been keeping me awake during those 2 a.m. feeds. During the Blueberry episode, one of you, sorry, can't remember which one because 2 a.m., mentioned going to IHOP and getting blueberry pancakes with blueberry syrup. My grandparents ran a hot stamping factory, a method of decorating plastics by using a hot press to melt a metal foil onto a plastic surface. And they made the lids of every IHOP syrup bottle for years. I've attached a picture of the blueberry syrup lid we keep in a shadow box. They also made uh, beer tap poles and the buttons for soda machines. They passed away about 20 years ago, so you likely poured your syrup from someone else's bottle, but it made me think very fondly of them and remember the time I spent helping in their small factory. I'm sad my daughter will never get to meet them, but I'll tell her all about them whenever we eat blueberry syrup. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, goodness. Oh, that's wonderful. I definitely ate blueberry syrup from one of their bottles. uh, Yes. Any number of times 
that that 20, 25 to 30 years ago. Yeah, would mm-hmm. have been prime Lauren eats blueberry syrup on pancakes at IHOP o'clock. So Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I know both Lauren and I love these things. We I never think about like somebody had to make <laughs> yeah. that device so that I could get the blueberry syrup oh, on my gosh. blueberry pancakes. <laughs> that's that's when I start to do the kids call it galaxy brain. Like that's when I start to feel like galaxy brain. Like when I just like look mm-hmm. at objects around me and when I'm not thinking about whether or not I would shatter them. Um, and I'm just like somebody made all of this. <laughs> right? What? And we want to know the stories behind all of it. <laughs> that is high key why I do what I do because this all everything in the world around us is so endlessly fascinating, and there are stories behind all of it. And somebody mm-hmm. cared about that blueberry syrup lid, and I want to know who they are. Yes, me too. Well, that is within our purview because a yeah. lot of times I'll get in my head about like I suddenly want to know all about skunks, which is true. <laughs> um, also dreams, also true. But this is food-related, so we could learn about syrup-pouring yeah, mechanisms yeah. for the show, for work. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, but congratulations on your kiddo and mm-hmm. uh, and, and and on having a, a rich blueberry syrup history. Indeed. <laughs> and thanks to both of those listeners for writing. If you would mm-hmm. like to write to us, you can... Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality, high quality and immersive sound, a sleek design. All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro series. A smart TV built by the streaming pros. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.